On today's episode, we are joined by Danny Williams. Danny is a 23-year-old personal trainer and general health and well-being advocate. In the episode, we talk about his love and passion for fitness and helping people fulfill their physical and mental potential. We talk about his travels as well as his South American heritage and how he is a family man and would take a trip to the great outdoors over a flashy trip to New York any day of the week. Hello. Hello. How's your day going? Have you been up to much? Um, yeah, I got up early, went to the gym because basically our gym is like on a good day, half an hour drive away. If you get caught in traffic, it's like an hour and a half. It's just pointless. So um, I have to go really early in the morning. So I went and trained, came back, just had some food. And then literally before you know it, it's like half 11. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about it. That's my morning so far. So you're an er- you? Are you an early riser? I'm so bad. I am. I'm very much, a, very much a morning person. Yeah, I'm a morning person. If it doesn't get done before 12 o'clock, then the day's a write-off for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But you're, you're very into your fitness, aren't you? Is that part of your daily routine? I think you've nailed it. It's more of a routine. I think one thing I get asked about all the time is how do you always stay motivated? And um, my answer is always the same. I don't. I'm not always motivated. But because it's a routine, because it's a habit, um, even on days when I'm not feeling it, before I've had a chance to talk myself out of going or out of eating healthy or whatever that thing might be, I've normally done it because it's just a habit. It's a routine that I've managed to build up over, over several years. So, um, yeah, I think it's more of a habit and a routine, yeah. Yeah. Is that what kind of motivates you or do you do you find it like helps you mentally as well, as well as physically? Yes, a million percent, a million percent. If anything, it's more, um, I appreciate how much it benefits me mentally more than physically. Um I've been training for like, what, seven or eight years. My body hasn't changed that much. (laughs) My body hasn't changed that much. But, you know, the mental aspects of it, I I feel like I've grown so much. And I owe a lot of my kind of mental development to the fact that I get myself there at the gym. The whole discipline kind of side of things, you know, doing things you're not particularly keen on doing. That all kind of, you know, kind of uh, spirals out. And you can kind of, you know, I relate a lot of what I do now because of the fact that I, I get, kind of the gym done early yeah I think it's a big big factor yeah definitely and I guess like with the thing is if you have that routine you then start the day feeling fresh you feel in a good place kind of mm. mentally and it just ha- it kind of changes your whole per- perception on the day a million percent a million percent I mean you for me personally I don't know about yourself but I'm a million times more likely to make better choices not just in health but in just general life if I've had a good workout or if I've been eating well that and then the flip side, if I've not worked out and then I had a rubbish breakfast or skip breakfast um, and then you offered me, I don't know, a chocolate bar or said, do you want to sack work off and go watch a film or any other kind of thing that maybe isn't the best idea? I'm probably going to say, yeah, because <laughs> we all self-indulge. Do you find that when you go away, you go traveling, do you find that you can have that routine still? Or do you really struggle with finding that time to get to the gym and have that healthy life choice like it must be so hard um, you've got all those temptations of when you go on yeah, holiday and you've got the drinking element as well um as also you know being able to have all the amazing food that places have to offer <laughs> of course yeah it's not always easy but um yeah I think my my initial reaction to that first of all would be like I try to lead an active and balanced lifestyle I'm not like a serious competitive bodybuilder, elite athlete. Yeah. Um, for me, there's it would be counterintuitive for me to be so restrictive that I couldn't enjoy myself on holidays. Anytime I go away, the first two or three days, I probably don't really think about the gym. I'll probably just you know go to the nice restaurant, have the drink, 
whatever it might be, because that's why I'm gone on holiday to kind of ease off and relax and have fun. Um, if I'm there any longer than, you know, four or five days, then the routines, the habits start to kick in. I'll probably start to feel a bit like, right, okay, you've had a couple of days off, back to what you know kind of thing. And I think that's probably, the, for me, that's been the best approach. I've tried the really restrictive style. I've tried being super, super flexible. And I think having just that balance somewhere in, in between, for me, is the best approach. Um, and I, I tend to, I don't feel like I'm ever being restrictive in my in my food choices. I don't feel like I'm in the gym every day because I'm not. I quite often have four or five days off in a week sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I'll have all the things that I enjoy to eat or enjoy to cook. Um, I don't really find myself restricting at all. It's just a case of moderation, not going over the top. Um, and I'm less likely to, you know, you see a lot, and I was guilty of this myself. I'd be super restrictive. And then I'd binge like hell on something that doesn't even make sense. Like, you know, I'd have like eight chocolate bars in a row or I'd have like, I go to Subway and get like 12 cookies. And it's like, I didn't really, really want to spend all my calories on cookies that day. When yeah. I woke up, but then it's happened. Things don't really happen as much anymore because I'm a bit more balanced with it. Yeah, definitely. So what do you enjoy the most about when you go away? Oh, the first word that came to my head was freedom. Really? It's that sense yeah. of like, you know, yeah, the chance, the kind of the opportunity to explore what hasn't you haven't explored yet. I tend to get a bit like, you know, if I'm at home or in the same place for too long, I find myself being really it, sometimes comfortable in a good and bad way. I get a bit like, right, okay, like what's next kind of thing. But when you're abroad or you're somewhere new, you kind of a bit, um, yeah, just that that feeling of like, right, let's explore. I love that getting to a new place I've never been before, and it's like, right, let's go find out what the best, you know, hike is or the best restaurant is or whatever it might be. That that feeling probably I think is is the best thing for me about traveling. Definitely. So when you go to places, do you try and do a new experience when you can. Have you ever done skydiving or anything like that? <laughs> you know what? I I very very nearly did sky. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time, and um, I wanted to do it when I was in Dubai last year, and there was literally no places left on the on the on the where you book it um and I'd put my like name on the list type thing like two weeks prior and I still didn't get a, a slot unfortunately but that that is on my list it's something I really really wanted to do for a long time yeah definitely so what's the best experience you've done when you've gone away like it could maybe be scuba diving or I don't know <laughs> even just zip lining through somewhere everyone has their own kind of preference yeah. But what an experience is. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? It sounds a bit bizarre because it's not particularly like an excursion or like, a, oh, I did this jet ski or whatever. But one that stands out for me and it always will be was when I went to um, Guyana, which is in South America. And it's where my dad is from and that side of my family is from. Uh, and I went there for the first time in 2016, I think. And long story short, is a bit of a long story, but long story short, my family have a big plot of land in the middle of a forest, which kind of is a bit random. Um, loads of overgrown trees and stuff but they've managed to chop down a bit of it and they've got a little hut and stuff like that there and we spent a whole day there having a barbecue and stuff and the standout memory for me was there's like a, a stream that kind of runs through the middle of it all and we just spent the whole day by the stream and you know the the plants and the wildlife and the, the things you see there was just like nothing I'd ever seen before especially at how old was I in 2016 like not even 18 yet yeah. so um yeah it was all like you know wild new experience um I've been mega lucky the last couple of years. I've gone to some really cool places, done cool stuff like jet skis and whatever. But yeah, I think that'll always be the standout for me because it was like completely a new world to me. I've never seen anything like it before. So uh, yeah, that'd be the standout one. Definitely. And I think, do you know what? It's all about 
kind of stripping kind of back to basics because we're all so consumed with like social media and um you know doing different things seeing our friends and being so like we're so fortunate now even when you compare back to when we were younger that was when you still had like the dial up connection which seems so mad and makes me feel so old that I'm gonna have to say that to my kids (laughs) and it's just so nice to not have to have that when you're on holiday to have a bit of a break and take time out because you just come back to reassessing like values and appreciation don't you oh a million percent a million percent I love those trips when you almost you disconnect and you you kind of you unplug yourself from all your norms and then in a in a in a strange way when you come back to the UK or wherever your home is you reconnect in a more kind of productive and valuable way I feel like you have more to contribute because you've taken that step back and I find them trips are you know really really important I mean, I've been to places where like it's almost like the materialistic side of things is like heightened, like Dubai, for example, yeah. you go somewhere like that and it's like influencer heaven and everything's like, you know, Gucci bags and shopping trips and whatever restaurants, and whatever like that. And you come back to the UK, you're exhausted. <laughs> it's like, Definitely. you know, it's quite kind of it's quite exhausting. But yeah, trips where you're, you know, in somewhere random, you might go somewhere in Europe for a weekend you've not heard of or South America, like I said, where it's so far from the Western world, especially. I find them trips really awesome. Yeah. I want to do yeah. more of them this year. That's brilliant. So where has been your favorite place to travel to? Oh, that <laughs> is such a tough question. A really tough question because there's different places I've been to and for different reasons, I, I love them. Um, I will say, I'm going to, I'm going to say Budapest because it's somewhere that I visited on a really short trip and it didn't, I wasn't expecting anything of it. I went for like a lad's trip, uh, a bit of a weekend away with the boys kind of thing. Ended up being the super cultured and super like a lot of history there. And a lot of like, I was like, wow, this is actually unbelievable. I didn't really want to get drunk. So I wanted to kind of see what was, what was there. And I think partly because I wasn't there for very long, I left thinking I, I, I didn't see everything. Um, and on my kind of to-do list or New Year's resolutions, whatever you want to call it, I wanted to see more of Europe this year. So I think that would be the one. It might not be the best place I've been to, but it's one that's in my mind a lot. It's like Budapest, more places in Europe for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you know what? You're in the perfect job to be able to be fortunate to travel around and you're launching. Have you already got the um, new fitness app out or is it something that's launching Um tell us more about this yeah yeah so uh yeah really exciting times something i wanted to do for for a long time um the official launch it's very soon um and yeah it's been something i've been working on for a while i've been kind of overthink not overthinking but really aware of the fact there's a lot of people in this fitness space coming from a background similar to mine and i've been really conscious of trying not to put something out there that's too similar to what everyone else is doing um that's the main reason why it's taking so long. I think what I'm doing is really, really different. Um, and there's a lot of emphasis on mental health, a lot of emphasis on how you feel, not just mm. about physical results and getting bigger and shredded and, you know, all the the imagery side of stuff, which I think has been attached to the fitness industry in the last couple of years with social media and whatever. Um, I think I'll be one of the first people to really take an extra effort to making sure people are mentally sound and doing things that can cater for their mental health as well. So, yeah, really, really exciting. Um, I'm actually doing a qualification next weekend, um, which focuses all about mental health and its links to sport and exercise. So I think that course will be super exciting to get done. Uh, And then I'll be able to give people professional advice. And it's like the main reason why I got into this game. So, yeah, really exciting times ahead. 
Yeah, that's brilliant. So is it going to be just a UK based app or will people be able to, I mean, I'm sure long term goals, you'd love it to be accessed by all over the world. (laughs) I don't know kind of the processes of how difficult (laughs) it is to get them launched in different countries. For me, yeah, it's not it's not as easy as some might think to scale an app like that and have millions of, of followers, if you like. But for me, um, the team I'm working with, I made it clear from day one that this isn't something I'm just trying to make huge and then just get loads of profit out of it. It was actually more about how can I provide as much value as possible without, you know, having to make a copy of myself, <laughs> basically. Um, I wanted to keep it as customized and tailored and specific as possible for everyone who signs up. Um and really just focus on the value side of it. Like how can I give the client as much as possible for them to go in and improve their lifestyle? It's not yeah. just a case of like, here's what I do, do this and you'll look like me. Like that's not that's not what I'm here to try and do. Like at the end of the day, there's people in this industry who already look amazing. I'm going to try and do something a bit different. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, obviously it's an online based platform. So you will be able to access it from anywhere in the world, uh, which is a great thing. Um, but my emphasis at the start is just getting it right, getting a select few people to really get results. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll slowly and steadily grow it. Like this isn't like a quick, like sign up to my app and then next year I'll have a new product. This is like what I've been wanting to do for a long time. So um, this is like my end game, if you like. So I've been trying to perfect it and make sure I'm not rushing anything, if you like. Um, and hopefully it pays off. <laughs> and hopefully I can help yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, you're making that transition as someone who is well known as a reality star from different kind of shows you've done. You did MTV, Living the Dream, um, Love Island. So, you know, now you're at that great point in your career where you can now really focus on your interests and you can do something yeah. with that. And you've got that platform to really be able to push it. And like you said, it's not going to be overnight, but it's something that you can build on and you can kind of cater that. I mean, our podcast is all about travel. You know, you'll be able to travel with that Ooh. and be able to really go kind of further afield. And yeah, the opportunities are like infinite, literally. Definitely. Yeah. So kind of where is on your bucket list? I mean, you said before there's a few places and I always feel mean asking one for one particular location. So I'll let you have a yeah. few. <laughs> Okay, so if I had to pick, let's say the top, uh, let's say I have top three. Um, number one would be, uh, in no particular order, by the way, uh, one would be Australia because I came very close to going there a couple of years ago, right before I went into Love Island, actually. Um, I was like modeling full time and then I just signed up an agency in Australia. And the plan was, I was in Italy at the time uh, with my Milan agency and the plan was to go from Milan to Australia. And then we heard from Love Island that I was going to go on the show and stuff like that. So I literally went from Milan straight to Mallorca and then went into the villa and then everything changed. So I didn't end up going to Australia. Um, but I had this like few weeks of mentally preparing myself and being super excited to go to Australia. And I've not been since. So um, that'll be one place. I think second place would be Bali. I yeah. feel like the I feel like the the way of life, if you like, looks for me perfect. I'm very much like I love, love, love nature. And I feel like somewhere like that, you'd be very, in- it would be seamless to be in tune with the nature. Um, and there doesn't seem to be much of an emphasis on like materialistic, um, you know, fancy dinners and dressing up nice. You could just, it looks like one big jungle. Basically. Yeah. Um, so I think Bali just for the, you know, to purely relax and just re, you know, disconnect to reconnect, I think would be a good way to put it somewhere like that. And then third and finally, I'd probably say, 
random one, but Iceland. Iceland. I was going to say somewhere in South America, but I feel like I've been there. Um, Iceland, I would say, because it obviously the Northern Lights, the vast oh my gosh, wouldn't it be difference amazing in weather. Yeah. yeah, it just looks absolutely incredible. I've looked at going just before the COVID regulations came in and I ended up not being able to go. So um, I think that would be the third one. It looks incredible. And like I said, it's one of them things that you just you just sit back and be like, wow, Earth is impressive. Like it's one of them places. And I, I love that feeling when traveling. So yeah, I think that would yeah, be my three. Well, I don't know if you ever watched the um, Zac Efron Netflix series where he goes and travels to all these really unique destinations and he goes to Iceland and they he goes to like a certain part. I can't remember where in Iceland it is, but it's right by a volcano kind of lake and they build and like they make, oh, wow. they make bread in the ground. And I'm like, that's so random. Oh my God. But I'd love to do that. How wacky to be like, oh, I actually made yeah. some um, bread like in the ground in Iceland. That is, yeah, literally. That sounds the most random pub story ever, isn't it? Like, yeah. Um, but that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. It sounds really cool. Yeah, well, it goes back to all the wacky experiences that you can do, really, can't you? There's just, I think when you. Yeah, exactly. When you go to countries, it's all about kind of learning about the different cultures that they all do. Mm, 100%, 100%. I was literally having this conversation, not yesterday, the day before. I was like, I feel like as Brits, we're quite unknowingly entitled when we go to other countries. Like we expect everything to be English and we actually, we're not happy if things aren't to our standards and how we like it. But like we're going to their country, like we're, they was fine without us there. And I feel like when you go somewhere on holiday, whether it be educational or whether it be to relax or whatever it might be to party, I feel like you have some kind of a responsibility to, like, you're in their country. Like, learn a little bit about their culture and how they do things. And if it isn't how you like it, that's fine because they've been getting on fine without us anyway. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's a big a big thing for me, going somewhere and having just, even it's just like one day or an afternoon or trying a food you've not tried before or listening to a bit of music you've not heard before, that's part of their culture, anything like that. And I think in the end, it makes you enjoy the trip more and it gives you more of a, a memory of it rather than going somewhere and then just doing all the things you would normally do in the UK anyway. Like, I feel like it's not really the best way to enjoy a holiday. Yeah, definitely. But it's like you said, as English, like we're, we are quite lazy when it comes to traveling. Like I'm so bad yeah. with not being able to speak many kind of different languages. So I'll always like have it up on my phone or have like a translator to try. Well, the fact you said many word. means you're one ahead of me already. <laughs> But it's like, you know, you, you'd go onto an app and you try and because naturally we just try and speak to them in English. But you think when you go yeah. to the more rural places and the rural parts of countries, like I'm sure in South America, when you went, I'm sure a lot of them probably maybe had really restricted English. And they. they yeah, yeah. I was about to say the English that you the English that they could speak, it was like you could barely make it out. And it's like, is that even English? Like. You know, but it's not their fault. Like, why should they ha- just yeah. have to master a second language by default? Like, like we do. Like, we don't have to do. We don't do that. Um, but yeah, um, f- no, I don't speak any other languages, and it's something again. It's on my. I feel like it's on everyone's to do list. Um, but the more I kind of become obsessed with traveling, the more I find it like m- not even a responsibility. Just like I have to. Like, it just makes no sense to not speak other languages when I'm so bothered about seeing everywhere and getting about and traveling. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, it's on, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to learn French. Like it's actually something I'm really wanting to do. Yeah. We need to, yeah, we'll add that to our list and then, yeah, we'll be fluent yeah. in <laughs> other language in no time. <laughs> yeah. That can be 100%, the 100%.
Don't forget to subscribe to the Travel Minded Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Travel Minded the Podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Justice Abroad. Justice Abroad was founded in 2019 and is led by myself, Michael Polak, a trained barrister and expert in international law and assistance. Justice Abroad operates to ensure that people who travel overseas for work or pleasure can be confident that if anything goes wrong, there'll be someone ready to help them. We are seeing an increasing number of cases across the world where people find themselves in trouble and we've been asked to assist. Justice Abroad has a team of top investigators, lawyers around the world and support staff available to provide unparalleled support. Many people when travelling have an attitude of, it'll never happen to me, and then when something does go wrong, they feel helpless with nowhere to turn. Anyone travelling for any purpose should be aware of the issues that could arise and be prepared to get in touch with us should something go wrong. We currently have cases in Greece, China, Thailand, Somalia, Myanmar, Cyprus, Spain, Vietnam, and many other countries around the globe. The increased number of cases which are coming to us proves how frequently travellers can find themselves in trouble, often as a victim of crime or accused of offences they did not commit. Usually, travel insurance will not cover you for assistance and advice with legal problems overseas, and even where they do, the assistance can prove ineffectual and not practical. At Justice Abroad, we have an extremely hands-on approach that allows our clients to feel assured that we will deal with every aspect of their situation and ensure they have the best possible outcome. We're Justice Abroad, and we're here when you need us. Thank you.